Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I don't know if Brett Phillips is much of an Andy Gibb fan. Um, we're about to find out. Brett Phillips, the tennis guru from SEN, joins us on the eve of Wimbledon. G'day, Brett. Well, I was bopping along there, Steffi. Uh, nice tune. Like it. <laughs> it was number one, uh, 1980-something. <laughs> 78. 1978. My goodness. Um, yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Nick Kyrgios has taken me on a, uh, a journey of emotional ups and downs. I'm good to go for Wimbledon. I'm not good to go for Wimbledon. It takes the gloss off the tournament for me. Well, he's taken us on a journey full stop. I've had uh, 10 years of uh, the Nick Kyrgios uh, journey, uh, Steffi. He's taken me to all corners and uh, some dark places at times, some good places. Uh, it's been a, yeah, a checkered career. Look, oh, to me, probably no great surprise that he's uh, pulled out. Uh, you know, obviously he was wanting to play the leading grass court events. Uh, he played one match in Stuttgart, withdraw from Halle, withdraw from Mallorca. Uh, but he had been training pretty well at the Orangi practice courts at Wimbledon in the last few days. He spoke to the media yesterday and gave every indication that he was uh, right to go. Uh, but he's, as you know, you've seen the statement today, it's the wrist uh, that has uh, forced him to withdraw, uh, not the knee, which has been the issue. So that was picked up in Mallorca. And, yeah, the body just uh, hasn't allowed him to play. And only he... Uh, knows uh, his own body capacity, I suppose. Everyone's different and what they'll play with. I mean, every sports person out there is probably playing with a niggle or two, but the wrist, if it is, you know, if it's the wrist, uh, that's a, you know, that's tough. You can't go and play Grand Slam tennis if you're um, one of your key parts of your body that's got to function pretty well in the high octane men's uh, tennis. Uh, where the reaction time is so minimal, uh, if it, if it's if it's bad, you just you just can't go out there and beat your best. So I don't know when we're going to see him again. Um, he's sort of the outlier of the Australian men, and who knows when he will pop up this year potentially. Yeah, I've I binged the next lot of episodes on the Netflix tennis story, and again they featured curiosity. Such a, I find him remarkable. Yes, I don't agree with everything he does, but he's just so watchable. What's been the Australian reaction to that Netflix series, particularly around Nick? Yeah, I think you know it just has gone with the territory of Nick Steffi that there is a different reaction to him here than what is uh, the reaction to him globally. I think the thing we have to remember is that our Australian tennis players uh, don't spend any time really here in Australia. They are gone. Once the, uh, once the month of January is over, there's a few that do come home in little spurts, uh, but there's plenty who just stay on the road because we are so logistically far away from the, the week-to-week uh, tennis world that's uh, going on. So... You know, we had this little sort of time with Nick and the others, but but but, but more so Nick because everyone is drawn to him. Uh, and I'm talking about your non-tennis media, uh, a bit like the British tabloids who sit at Wimbledon and get in the press conferences and just grill <laughs> these tennis players, but actually don't follow them all year. And I know the players bristle at that a little bit. Uh, but around the world, there is 
and this I've experienced this going to the, the majors, is that there's just, uh, uh, I wouldn't say it's an obsession, but uh, there's such an interest in him and an intrigue uh, to follow his journey. And he tends to probably have a better relationship with um, you know, the international <laughs> broadcasters than uh, some of us uh, here in Australia. So I think, you know, sort of this morning, it's like, oh, well, we probably knew it was going to happen. I mean, we just know Kyrgios and this is... Uh, this is the, the, the stuff that happens with Nick. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of promise and not really, uh, not really delivering, to be honest. So it gets underway very shortly. Novak Djokovic is on court day one. He's won the last four Wimbledons. He's won seven mm. in total. Um, number eight this year, I think so. It's going to take some beating. It's going to take some beating, there's no doubt. And he, he wants to win the calendar slam. He knows these young guys are getting closer and closer and closer. He's got to cash in. He's going to turn 37 next year. It gets harder uh, from that point on, as Roger found out. Rafa's finding out uh, in terms of the body, although there's every indication that the Djokovic body might outlast those two and might have a bit more durability to go maybe to 38 and be in really good nick, uh, not uh, just sort of hobbling out onto the tennis court. Uh, look, his draw, you know, it looks it looks pretty good. Uh, you know, we had a stat on our uh, first serve socials the other day. I'm going to try and remember this off the top of my head, but I think he had 86 match wins at Wimbledon, and all the other players currently in the top 20 uh, combined have not achieved that number. <laughs> they, they fall some way short. So that's how far ahead he is ahead of everyone else. But look, Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, they're going to be on the opposite sides, not on the same side of the draw as we saw at the French, uh, being seated one and two. And we'd love to see if an Aussie, if we're not you know, getting an Aussie through deep, um, we'd love to probably see take two of Alcaraz and Djokovic. So we didn't get to see the full show uh, at the French with uh, Alcaraz cramping up in that semi-final. So I'd like to see those two go best of five. And Carlos uh, won Queens last week, one of the traditional lead-ins. So he, he brings some pretty good grass court form and the world number one ranking. Women's side, 43-year-old Venus Williams takes the court against um, 2019 semi-finalist Alina Svitolina. Venus is still going. I I love this woman. (laughs) Well, it's funny, isn't it? You know, you've talked about break point, and I've watched a few of the... um, uh, the episodes of the the, the second series the, uh, that's just come out, and obviously there was all the focus around the U.S. Open last year with uh, Serena, and you know, he's Venus in the stands, a forgotten <laughs> about sister. But hey, the five-time Wimbledon champion, which mm. seems like an eternity ago, uh, but she got a lows pretty quickly before Serena just went bang and took over as the best sister. Uh, I don't know what's driving Venus necessarily to keep playing, but look, she has still got those competitive juices. She played a couple of um, not bad matches uh, in the week leading up. Where was she? Uh, one of the grass court events uh, in Europe. And I think she beat Camilla Georgie. She uh, had a second round match that was really close. So she actually spent some time out on court. And, and you know, she's lost none of her physicality. Uh, she lost a little bit of her, you know, just her timing and uh, the serve. Not always absolutely on song. But, you know, Svitolina, it's a great matchup. It's the first one I identified on that side of the draw because Svitolina's come off a great French Open. You know, having been a mum the last 12 months out of the sport on maternity leave and 
Yeah, it's a shame there has to be a loser in that match, but yeah, Venus, I'd say, you'd have to say, uh, Staffy, this is going to be the last one, the last hurrah at uh, SW19. Yeah, and the world number one, who I didn't know much about, and I was very pleased one of the episodes on Netflix was about Igor Swiatek. Um, yeah. Just a tremendous, and I never realised how young she was. I never realised how many games she'd won in a row. She, she's phenomenal, mm. but... She made the final four of a grass tournament for the first time last week before pulling out Crook. But she's an outright mm. favourite on the betting markets, having only just made a semi-final on a grass tournament. So um, can she write that this week? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I haven't got her as the absolute clear-cut favourite because she's never played her best at Wimbledon. Now, she's um, been a very good clay court player, obviously, with two French Opens. She's won in New York. Australia still hasn't uh, been her best uh, hunting race. She's made a semi-final in Australia, but uh, it's the grass that is the surface that she's still wanting to tick off, and she's not alone. On the men's side, you've got Medvedev is trying to tick off the grass. So Elisa Cornet caused the upset uh, last year, and I think it was at the third or fourth round. Sabalenka couldn't play Wimbledon last year. Uh, the Belarusians allowed back in. She's been a semi-finalist. Really tough exit at the French. I think she'll have a head of steam up arena. Rebuckina, last year's champion, the quiet assassin, as I call her, uh, Steffi. Hmm. And uh, if she does win it again uh, this year, can someone tell her to celebrate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was so understated uh, last year. But Rebuckina had to pull out of the French uh, with those respiratory issues. So that's where the conversation starts with for me, those three. And then it's sort of a big lot of players that could maybe get on a run that we can't quite see right now. But Eager, not the absolute outright favourite for mine, but gee, she, uh, yeah, she'd love to conquer the grass to uh, tick off another box at the ripe old age of uh, 21. Yes, just phenomenal. Uh, Brett, very busy time. I won't take up any more of yours. As always, really appreciate you coming and chatting to New Zealand. Indeed. First serve tonight on SENZ, uh, Steffi, from uh, I think 10 o'clock at your time uh, there on the North and South Islands. So we'll bring you plenty of tennis and be crossing uh, regularly over to uh, day one at Wimbledon. Well, we're used to listening at 10 o'clock, actually, because that's when the Ashes have been starting. So just keep keep it, on, keep it on the dial and go first serve, mate. There we go. Indeed. Good, on Good time of the year. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Brett Phillips, host of First Serve there, as he mentions on the SEN network tonight at 10 o'clock, North Island, South Island.